Welcome to Minority Corner with Neke and James, the Wonder Twins of Podcasting. Learn, laugh, play. It's like Blue's Clues. Only it's more black, queer, and ladylike. This week on Minority Corner. Ooh, girl, what are we doing? This is like our black comic ex spectacular yes yes so in my corner i'm gonna be talking about um a little historic black comic that came before black panther in the Mm. 1940s and probably helped pave the way for what we got going on now well that sounds amazing because that is gonna tee up perfectly for what i am doing fresh off of the purple carpet of the black panther premiere i'm gonna give you all the lowdown of the world of wakanda and all the things that you need to know going into this movie a spoiler free setup and just for us to be able to understand one why this movie is important what's going on in black panther so you know because everybody knows all the shit about spider-man and and superman but catching up on what the world of wakanda is and who these powerful actors and directors and designers are in front of the camera and behind yeah yeah black history month is starting early we're kicking it off february is not enough for us yes it's starting now Hey, girl, hey. Look at you, all casual, like you haven't been hosting on a red carpet. <laughs> well, a purple carpet, to be specific. I know, excuse me. <laughs> a carpet of black excellence, that's carp- what's up. Yes, a carpet of black excellence. So if you are just tuning in, welcome. I had the distinct... Pl- <laughs> welcome to the podcast. I had the distinct pleasure of uh, co-hosting the world premiere screening of Marvel Studios' Black Panther uh, at the Dolby Theater here in Hollywood. Like, on the motherfucking front page of Marvel.com, like, you go to marvel.com and there's james yik yakking away with angela bassett (laughs) like they're like play cousins at the cookout i couldn't even handle it she did you know interviewing uh angela i'm on first name basis with these people now Uh, i can't handle you (laughs) interviewing and actually it's so funny is because my mom watched uh the live stream as well and even she was using first names she was like so when you and angela were talking and i was like even my mom's on the same page there too you (laughs) guys Are you guys share the same DNA? So I'm not <laughs> like not surprised. But you know, talking to like Angela, I it felt like I was talking to one of my aunts. That was the one wow. of the biggest things. Talking to all of these different people, we talked to pretty much almost everybody in the cast. And so amazing. It had this feeling of of just this huge like you hit it on the nose. It was black excellence, but the celebration yeah. uh, of this of this film and, and what it means. And I had this like sort of instant connection with with everybody of like it was almost like every black person. It's like when Obama first got elected, yeah, and every black person looked at each other and oh. gave them that knowing look. What it a was good this- time. And yes. that's what it felt like. It felt like, I don't know what it was like when the Emancipation Proclamation was, you know, signed, but like, that's I mean, what it felt like. It felt like a big ass victory day for black people. Yes. And a whole lot less distress. To lot that. less distress, more celebration, more African more so- drums. Yeah. More- <laughs> I was telling James, like, I mean, we couldn't, normally we go into the podcast where we're keeping it kind of cold so we can like Mm. just get Mm. our emotion out for you guys the listeners but i'm sorry y'all i had to talk to my james about this off the air we didn't lend to trip it but i was telling him so i sat there watching it live streaming it 
and I um, had two glasses of wine. She said. And it's like a full moon, so I'm emotional. <laughs> and I won. Having known James for over 10 years now. Oh, my God. I, yeah, we are well over that. Yeah, it's like 13, 14. Jesus. Yeah, um, when we met there. when we were seven. No. so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're like, what are you talking about? We're like 21. Barely legal. <laughs> but um, I've known ever since I met you that this has been a part of your dream. This has been a mm. part of it. So seeing you do it was emotional. One, that let alone. And then on top of that, it's like freaking black excellence. Angela Bassett, Forrest Whitaker, Chadwick Boseman, Lupita, um, yeah. Michael B. Jordan, Ryan Coogler, Tessa Thompson, Donald Glover. Yeah. It was a parade of that. And then on top of that, yes, everybody was wearing African beautiful African prints and African yeah. garbs. It was like yeah. the blackest shit that I've ever felt in my life. And I felt so like it, like filled with love, yeah. you know? And that's what you felt too. That's why I was so, I was just so honored to be a part of that night. And, you know, Jay August, who he was on, he was in the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He played Deathlock. And he's also on Angel. He played mm -hmm. Gun. He's like mm -hmm. one of the few black people who are in the Whedon verse. So big ups to him. Um, Already proven your worth that you're able to rattle this off like it's nothing. I'd be like, <laughs> that guy. I probably was like, who's that guy? And then I can watch it. So, yes, you know you what was the best thing is that, you know, my one of the directors of Thwip, who really kind of propelled me into uh, this foray to to have nabbed this opportunity to co-host this, yeah. know, he sent me a text and he said, the universe has a funny way of preparing you for what you need to do. And... I, you know what? I was like, thank God I watch all these TV shows around exactly. black, black people and things. Because I knew who these people were. I yes. knew who they were. Like, uh, Miles Brown. Like, here's the thing. We have a list of people who we think are going to show up. But right. then more people came. We had no idea. I didn't know Donald Glover was going to jump up on our podium. It was Good like, thing I watched Atlanta. Exactly. And I was able to have a conversation about that. Miles Brown from Black has showed up. I saw that and cute little kid. I like said to him, I was like, oh, maybe because he's he is vying for that Miles Morales role. He was he running around the red it. carpet yeah. doing thwips. He was he going was? Thwip, thwip, thwip. He that was doing Spider-Man himself like nobody's business. Also, he's the kid from the Virgin Atlantic um, <laughs> dance video. Oh, that that's tells right. You, to you know what? Yourself. I was going to tell him I was like, I was saw you something re in recently that was not blackish, but <laughs> I can't remember flight. what it was. <laughs> but we didn't have enough time to go into it. But I said to him, I was like, oh, maybe you could wear a, like, a, a Spider-Man costume on blackish. And he was like, what? And I'm like, yes, I watch your show. I watch blackish every week. Yeah. I know what's up. Uh, but like, so it just, it was like the right space. And like, I watch all the Marvel shows. So I, right. second time I got to talk to the cast of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So that was really cool. Yes. Um, I saw you give just, a side kiss to what's her face. <laughs> do you want, I, we, yeah. Well, Melinda, yeah. Uh, Ming-Na. So yeah, Ming-Na. I love Ming-Na. We go way back. Uh, <laughs> I, side, sidebar i did have a really i'm gonna i didn't tell you about this i had an bear i had a flub here was my uh, one uh, there was a few it's life it's all live right yeah um uh, and so we For were a in long a long time so you got to give yourself oh, credit it's, it's a long two ass hours. time that it's, it's two live. hours of being live and we only yeah. cut there's no commercial breaks we'll cut to a clip of like black panther but it is like there's no it's commercial like breaks really I and they're like a minute and Clark Gregg from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was up like yes. while we were in. We were doing, uh, we, we went into a fan package. I went out like earlier in the day, went out to the fans to go talk to them. So we're in one of the fan packages. Right. Uh, and so Clark Gregg is up and there's a woman standing next to him. Yes. And it's his, you know, 
beloved, his date, his wife. And okay. he, I'm like, oh, Clark, you know, I remember meeting at Comic Con. And he's like, oh, this is Jennifer. And oh, that's right. Okay, go ahead. I know. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, no. I, you know, we get a list of who's who and who's coming with who. And I did yeah. get a thing. And, I, and she said, and I heard her name. It said, you didn't oh, put Jennifer. baby in the corner. So here's what happened. Okay, Before we cut back, because tomorrow my co-host is like, do you want to bring us in? I was like, I'm feeling confident at this point. Like, we are like yeah. 30 minutes in. I'm like, all right, yeah, I got this. Yeah. And I want to just be appropriate. I want to make sure I got her name correctly. And so I say, was that Jennifer? <laughs> oh, James. <laughs> I don't... You know what? I didn't no, recognize you know what? her. She looked different. Everybody she looked said, different. I mean, that's her tag. Is she, she got a nose job and nobody could recognize her from I, dancing, dir- dirty dancing. Dirty dancing. I couldn't recognize her. And so I, she gave me a stone cold look. And then we went right onto the air. Oh, and wow. Yeah, that is that. You know so, what? That <laughs> is not that bad. You could have done worse with that. It's and not like she's part of the Marvel Universe. One, like, she's not a part of the Marvel Universe. Two, what has she done recently? Three. I mean, I just um, haven't seen her in a while. Clark, Greg Clark is in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, yeah. So he was the main focus and she was up on the pony. A lot of people's like betrothed. No, but I mean, he's and... not even in Black Panther. <laughs> no, but he's but he's part of Marvel. So yeah. but oh, we, got, yeah. we got all the TV talent, you know, and yeah. I... Cage, uh, I saw Mike, that guy. He yeah. came on. He came up on there. Big he's guy, tall. really. He's so tall, so big. I and so there's just been so many great, like there's so many so many wonderful people. Want to know how the sausage is made? Live yes. television is yes. insane. Okay, tell I me have about a theory it. Tell us that all I think that it. I think people who work in live television are adrenaline junkies because it shit is insane. It's a Wait, thing. Okay, so tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Because when I wasn't doing rehearsals and uh, back in New York, so right. we were, this was in uh, LA down on Hollywood Boulevard outside the Dolby Theater. And it was insane. Like they, we we're in these giant, like the whole entire blocks were like blocked off. Well, and yeah, yeah. if you, and we're going to post a link to the live stream as well. So you can see what it is that we're talking about. But there was like a panther mouth to get in. Like you oh. walk into like this giant panther mouth so you're going cool. into like this panther cave it's uh, this purple carpet there was like yeah. african drums you've so got cool. the dora malaji who are lined out outside which is the female uh, militia right that protect um black panther they're kind of like the black the secret service for okay. the uh yeah for 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 the king of wakanda for for t'challa or whoever the black whoever the the king is um and i so oh, what was i just talking about you're talking about how it's adrenaline junkie oh yes adrenaline junkies so mm-hmm. i I, when I was in New York and I've never worn an ear, I think it's called an EFP. It's an earpiece that you hide in your ear and that's yeah. the producers I are connecting and talking to you and they'll tell you, all right, go to social, wrap this interview up, Ooh, that's wrap annoying. it up now, stop talking to this person. How do you even talk Pl- to somebody oh. while they're in your, somebody else is in your ear? Like, it I would, would be, be so like, confused. It would be like me talking to you right now and while you're trying to teach a class. <laughs> No, I couldn't do it. I would be paused in the middle. I'd be just, I would look like I had shut down, like if I was a robot and I had shut down because I can't listen and do a thing at the same time. I could barely have the TV on and do something else at the You same would time. have to smile through the entire time or they'll tell you, all right, do a social plug. Uh, go to our spot, talk to, talk about our sponsors. And like, wow. uh, and then also on the other side in person. And so we, there's also backing up. So in the producer is sitting in a giant truck that has all this like all these screens command center 
Yes. Like the CIA. The wow. CIA fucking it. I went into the truck. My mind was blown. And there's monitors all over cool. the place. Like it's huge. See, like Marvel awesome. doesn't fuck around. I thought yeah. it would just be some guy on a computer or something. No. Like, Marvel. No. All that money? And you think it's like me on a laptop? You think it's like the how this podcast is made? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so there's that. And there's then there's talent wranglers who are wrangling the talent in. Who are, you had a wrangler? Oh, we had several Wranglers who are then connecting to the talent and they're and they have to create relationships with like the managers or the agents and stuff. And like oh. for the most part, we're lucky because we're Marvel. Everyone knows they kind of have to stop and talk to right. us. Not only do they have to, they want to. Because exactly. it's not like you're talking to like Entertainment Tonight, who is right next to us, and not a lot of people are going to talking to them. What you got uh, past what people went to yeah. you over Entertainment Tonight? Well, we were also the second stop. There's oh, okay. uh, on, on the so the first stop is Disney, and well, then it yeah. was Marvel, and then yeah. Entertainment Tonight than access hollywood oh, did you sidebar, see mario lopez no they oh. both access hollywood and entertainment tonight put out their two black correspondents their well, two black I mean, female correspondents which i guess kinda, you know hey have, you know, marvel did the same thing with exactly. me so okay all right got okay, you a job the, so you know. not complaining. you know what look yes. at it's getting work and that's the great thing about this whole entire movie is that it's creating such work for so many people that would not have yes. had these opportunities on so many fronts um but we it's also so had true. someone who was on the side who would she's also listening to the producer who would give us these signals like wrap it up what or the fuck? that's too talking. much meanwhile you're listening to the person who's coming you're up trying to have a conversation and they're also writing things on the whiteboard of like Stop who's it. coming up next and like what their name is or like that's and you've like got to get that information quick you. you've got to get that information quick because sometimes these people look different from their pictures so you're like oh, okay i think that's they Florence do Kasumba from i who's plays io because the you get sent a picture and then they're they're dressed up as red carpet that's different yeah, I know. you know that's like so true. someone gets a haircut or they get like a, you know they shave their head off like so there's all those different things of like oh okay oh, and also people amazing. that you didn't even plan on who are up there who you're talking to that just show um, up that's like hey i'm gonna hey can I come up? That show up. That like, and that you're luck. You're glad that you glimpsed your Rolodex of memory is like, oh, that's who that person is. So like, uh, uh. Denzel Whitaker. Denzel Whitaker hopped up on the stage. Oh, Do I you know saw who- you. I yes. don't know who that is, but you gave a really good thing. You asked him a really good question that I liked. That led into an amazing banter that you had with him, where you're like related to Forrest Whitaker, and he was like, no. And then in my head, my goofy ass would have been like, what about Denzel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no and i'm glad you didn't do that i'm glad you didn't do that nope I'm glad. nope so denzel whitaker plays a younger version of uh forrest whitaker's character zuri in the movie mm. and i again i've been researching really? for weeks yeah he played, and I, and, he played forrest whitaker they got the two whitakers to play yes, each other and they're not and they're not related and i oh, so uh, crazy and I think that he played, and he played his son in a different, uh, in a different movie. I think it was the History Boys. It was right. a different movie that he said. Yeah. And so we just had, and I'm so glad that like I, it's crazy that moment just came back into my head at that moment. I'm like, great, I know who he is. It's That's almost like a awesome. game when you're like, I know who this person is. I know the question I want to ask them. Boom. Yes. Uh, so that's that's uh, that's live TV, ladies and gentlemen. That's just a lot nuts. of a lot happening. Yeah. Wow. And, and really cool to get to like just talk to other like random people. Ava Duvernay was there. Um, she did. There's did you so many see her? Because you didn't, didn't see her. Oh, okay. I mean, I because my back was like completely, you know, I'm sure towards the. Uh, but it was really cool to get to talk to Tessa Thompson. So cool. And, 
And because, you know, I was saying to her, like, how cool is it that, you know, I mean, Ryan Coogler, the director, is really sort of piecing together an artistic family, you know, that he's right. worked with Tessa on Creed, she's coming back for Creed 2, yeah. and uh, Michael B. Jordan on Creed as well. And so I said to her, I was like, you know, you were the first one out of Ryan Coogler's family to kind of, you know, get into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Smart. and now it's like your family's coming along, like, what's that feeling like, you know? And it's like, yeah. all of this great melanin coming into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's just, it's so... Amazing. It's, it's such a great beautiful. time. It's so beautiful. And also it's like people that are young and vibrant, but also with the legends. It's such a yeah. beautiful pairing that mm-hmm. it's like it's done so beautifully. And I also like that you shouted out Bay Area for Ryan Coogler because you know oh yeah i was like i'm gonna connect with him and give that little shout out and now i'm <laughs> curious because you asked him if there's any bay area connections and he was like i can't say anything so now i'm like i gotta see this movie and you know what i i saw the film and within the first five minutes i was like oh that's why he couldn't say anything really? and you're, you you will I, it's, it's random because you're like this movie is about wakanda what barrier connection could there possibly be they go to south korea what are you talking about south and korea you get it like Oh my God! You're like, oh, okay, thanks, Ryan. Am I gonna <laughs> be like, start I asked crying him, like, once I like, I asked, you just might. I asked <laughs> him this question like point blank, and that it's so cool because that reference is in there because he's, he's from Bay the Bay Area. Area. So it's just so dope. It's just so dope. The Bay Area, y'all are going to just lose your shit. I can't believe when he was like, that was like such a good question because the fact that he was mysterious about it really piqued my interest. I was like (laughs) fangirling out because for those of you who don't know, Ryan Coogler did um, Fruitvale Station with Michael B. Jordan. And Fruitvale Station was literally which is the Oscar Grant story. Um, Yeah. Fruitvale Station was my BART station. Growing yeah, up, that I had right. been there a million, a hundred mm. times. Where mm-hmm. Oscar Grant used to work, Farmer Joe's is the place that I shop. So yeah. the fact that these people who are so one beautiful and black and doing mm-hmm. things and doing things with Disney and Marvel, and then you're yeah. there, my <laughs> I was full on. You you are always Dina Lohan Dina Lohaning me. I was full on like there goes my baby. He's talking to him now. He's doing it. He's and I knew that you had like at least thirteen other Dina Lohans like cheering you twenty fifty whatever. We all were super proud of you. But I was like, no, that is my James, and he's talking to them right now. Every time somebody else would come on to my like screening, I would pull Andrew and be like, Andrew, look at that. <laughs> Look, it's Gollum! Look! Forrest Whitaker! It's Luke Cage! Oh my god, it's a hobbit! Like, like Martin, what's his face? Like, I Martin was Freeman, like, yeah. Yeah, so... Good yeah, job. I, I would say I think you were what like you were. Uh, I think it's between you and my mom who were like absolutely like fangirl and love Dina Lohan. You know, we had uh, to. My mom was she was like, I have a confession to make. Uh-oh. She's like, she had two confessions. She's like, one, she thought when I was saying I'm going to the Black Panther premiere, she thought I was doing a political thing or a political statement. I mean, that's and an so, easy one to be confused yes. by. And so when I had, I call, I did a conference call with my dad and my mom beforehand. Uh, yeah. It was just a little bit of a prayer beforehand. That's uh, awesome. My dad just uplifts my spirit so much. So sweet. And I love it. I, he was like, so what are you doing? And I, I was like, oh, you know, Black Panther premiere. I'm going to talk to like Angela Bassett and Forrest Whitaker. They're like, oh, okay. And yeah. they like, then they were like, what? And my mom's like, I'm panicking right now. I'm like, no, oh, mom, no. you're fine. 
<laughs> and she said that she so wait i would have been like what was that prayer that you said before then and so i my mom my mom uh she just she she said oh i think afterwards when i was talking to her she was like out of nowhere talking about how great it was and she, my mom was so proud you know and yeah. then uh she's like so are you're not interested are you interested in dating or and i was like oh, what oh okay what? um no, I'm really focused on my career right now. She's like, oh, okay, because you know some of those guys, those actors. Maybe you could go Look to a party. She's what like, is- maybe you could go to a party and meet meet one of them and talk to them. She's like, I don't know. I think it could happen. Like she <laughs> she went beyond Dina Lohan. She started matchmaking your ass. She's like, you are getting in one like- way or another. And hella slick about it too. Just like, <laughs> oh, hey, you know, are you single? Maybe you should be single to tonight. Go meet, you know. I'm like trying to think. Like, was it like Winston Duke? Who like I like? I mean, I feel like I, mean, I there really was get, so much handsomeness going. There on. was a lot of handsomeness, and I was like hitting it off with so many of them. So I'm just like, which one was my mom shipping me with? I don't know. Who knows? You got to ask her because I'm curious <laughs> now too. Did you go to any parties? I did not. Old man James came home because I just, it was a long day. You were probably exhausted. Exhausted. Because I got swooped up into the premiere. I wasn't so, I wasn't billed to watch the movie until uh, today, which is the day after the premiere. Mm. Because I got prepped for the press junket. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, someone gave me a pass. They're like, oh, I've already seen it go. And I just got whisked away. And the craziest thing is I then go into the theater. I'm not in the theater with all the actors in the main theater. theater uh, oh. but i'm in this other one full of uh the marvel all the marvel people oh. who work in like uh production and all this sort of stuff i didn't know i thought everybody was in the same movie theater no no there's like the really really famousy people in one and then the rest of us who are marvel oh. and like another yeah um How and so but, I go into, but here's the thing yes i go into the theater and what is playing on that screen what the live stream with like a 15 minute delay. So I walk into the theater See and I yourself? sit down eating my popcorn. I'm like, what are you guys watching? And they're, they're like, you. And I'm like, oh my God. And everyone's like, That's how are you? crazy. It was really funny. And I was like, oh my God, I'm watching myself with a room full of people. That's and you insane. Guys- and so it was cool because a lot of people were like, oh, they were just were saying, you know, great job, great awesome. job. We loved it. You're, I love you know, it. so that was really cool. And like, you Aww. know, got to different people at Marvel were like, we, you know, we've seen your work. We really like your hosting. You know, See? we're gonna keep, keeping you in mind for stuff. So you got this made. All I ask, James. Yes. And I think the listeners will agree with me is mm-hmm. that just, you know, let me have a couple of months in your pool house every year. That's all I ask for. You can call. You can come all the time okay, as long good. as you get to cleaning. Okay. Nine, yeah. No. <laughs> well, the maid's gotta have it. The maid's gotta have a day. Mariah's gotta have a day off once in a while. I have my I am maid not coming over. <laughs> Mariah needs time off. I like that. That's the name of my Mariah the maid. I know you pick the most extra name too for you. Oh, you think I'm gonna have a basic maid? For your- <laughs> not I. <laughs> oh my god. Well. I enjoyed it. I encourage literally everybody who listens to this podcast, if you want to see James in action, go watch that live stream. You can, it's easy to maneuver around. It's easy to like, they have, the one thing that I really like about it is you can scroll through because I did a little mm-hmm. recap. I watched it live, but I was also like, let me just re-see some of this stuff. Mm. Um, so like you can like put your cursor down by the um, time 
thing and it will yeah. come up with a little box so you can scroll to see if you want to look at famous people you can scroll and see if you want to like look at the cinematographer or what the the director said or yeah. what donald glover's crazy ass said so you know <laughs> yeah you could just skip all around find your favorites find exactly. your favorite moments mm-hmm. all right well shall we get into the corner let's get into the corner so am i first or are you going you go in. Okay, so what I'm talking about is I'm priming up Black Panther because a lot oh. of people think that Black Panther was the first comic superhero, and he was mm. mainstream in 1966, mm. which I'm sure you'll talk about. But mm. there was something that came before, what? and it was in the 40s. So we're going to talk about Ooh. that. Man, Black History starts right now. now. Cool. Yeah, cool. So, yeah, I mean, like, I'm exhausted and not exhausted. That's a bad word. Okay. Get out of here, exhausted. No. Fuck you, exhausted. I I guess overwhelmed with emotion. Yeah. I'm like filled with emotion and I'm very excited. And I was very excited to watch you do this. We already talked about Mm -hmm. that. But stemming off of that, I wanted us to have a nice theme of a episode. Mm. And I was like, let me look into black people that have been in the comics. Because as many of us know, we are not that, we're not pulling a huge percentage yeah. of black people. Not as prevalent. Especially, not as prevalent. Especially like back in the olden-der times. Yes, Exactly. <laughs> And I have a, and I don't know if you know this. I think you know this, James. But I have a connection to comics because my grandfather, who um, he created a um, comic series called Golden Legacy, I do, which was I don't think I knew this. You, you didn't no, know this? No, what? Oh yeah. So each um, issue was about like a famous black person. Wow. And it's all like a history le- lesson. And it was done in the 60s and the 70s. And they have like, you know, like Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, Toussaint L'Overture, and like people that you don't really know about. So I have the whole series. I can share. I can share uh, you next yes, time I please. You, That's but... fucking amazing. All the snaps. Yeah. Yeah. Comics are really in your awesome. DNA. I know. So I've always kind of grown up loving comics and loving black people in comics and and so I wanted to do some more research and I'm going to save the second half of my research for next week um, where I actually found some, I'll do a listicle of um, awesome black characters that you might not have known about because all of y'all right now are just thinking about Storm and we can get past that yeah, now. There's more, okay? So, there's <laughs> more than just Storm. And some of you are probably thinking about- Storm is amazing. And you're probably just but... thinking about Halle Berry's Storm. And I'm like, oh Lord. But I mean, I love Halle, but you know. I love Halle, but mm. time to pass the buck. Um, and that- the new one, well, but jury's out on. But her. you know, you know. But you know what? You know, my theory is you won't have to deal with yes. her. Whether you like her or hate her, there'll probably will be a third storm coming down the pipeline. That's true because it is new deals. New, new deals, deals new are studios. being made. Disney's gonna probably yeah. clean house. So yeah. Okay, so I stumbled across through my research. I stumbled across a really fucking fascinating story. Um, it was written by Charles Pulliam Moore in Splinter News. Uh, many of you, if you read IO9, which is like a science kind of science fiction comic book kind of uh, blog, mm. Charles Pulliam Moore writes a lot in there too. Mm-hmm. But this one is for Splinter News. Um, and so 
basically it talks about this black writer named Oren Evans. So Oren Evans was the first black journalist to cross a color barrier in Phil- in Philadelphia. Um, in the 1940s, he left his position at the historically black Philadelphia Tribune for a news news writing gig at the white Philadelphia record. During his time at the record, Evans made a name for himself with his cover coverage of segregation in the military during world war ii which we've talked about on this podcast we have so i really want to just really hammer in onto that so i just recently read an article where quincy jones was talking to gq it's a fucking crazy ass article (laughs) if you get a chance read it it's like the weirdest shit in my life that i've ever read he is a weirdo like at one point he's like i he's 84 and he's like i quit drinking two years ago and i feel great i'm so clear and i'm like you're 82 (laughs) and just and that's like mild the whole thing is bananas and there are some things where i'm like i don't know if i agree with that but all right you're 84 and you're amazing but i would say quincy jones i mean quincy jones what a i feel like we could do an all we should actually do a quincy jones tribute episode because he's done so much between just read that article okay you're gonna be like (laughs) i don't maybe not because when i was reading it i was like i want to do something on quincy jones and then halfway through i was like oh maybe not not. but then by the end i was like yeah Okay. I want to take that coming to you soon. Quincy Jones, the episode. Uh, Pros and cons. He helped help get his fresh Prince of Bel Air and the Jacksons. He did so, so much. much. Anyways, yeah. we'll circle back. What Quincy Jones said yeah. was he said, um, because the interviewer said something like, oh, you are the first black person to do so many things. And he says, without missing a beat, Quincy Jones goes, yeah, that means the only. That means I was alone. Mm. So a lot of people think about these like, oh, wow, you were the first to do this. But like going back to Orrin Evans in the 1940s was the only black writer at a white paper, Philadelphia record. And then on top of that, he was writing about segregation in the military during World War II. And you know who also said a very similar comment? Ava DuVernay, mm-hmm. my co-host, exactly. I asked her that question as well at, I think, the Producer Guild Awards. And Ava was just like, yeah, yeah. that means I'm like having to be the first means I'm I'm the only and I shouldn't have it shouldn't be that way. Exactly. Exactly. I don't think a lot of people, especially people in power or with privilege, understand how alone it can be to be, to the, be first. the only. Yeah. 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 To be the first, to be the only, both me and you know mm-hmm, it. So mm-hmm. I really feel for him. So the fact that he did this is amazing. Mm. So, um, though Evans was a well-respected journalist, he lost his job in 1944 as a result of a company wide strike that led the Philadelphia records owners to shutter the pu- publication. So the newspaper was shut down. Even though he was like a traditional journalist, he always really liked comic strips. It always piqued his interest. And back in the 40s, and still now, there's a comics page. So, of course, you go there. So he decided, he was like, you know what? I'm going to, since he had all this time on his hands now. (laughs) Ah, unemployment. (laughs) When the creative juices flow. He set out and created his own comic book called the All Negro Comics. We'll see what you could do when you're unemployed. Some of y'all. Exactly. You get to draw so 
So crazy. So the All Negro Comics was a book of its time. The stories were swinging, vibrant, and full of the kind of characters you'd expect to see in a 15-cent comic book from 1947. So it was published in 1947. Um, So some of the characters were Ace Harlem, the slick New York detective. Mm. Sounds like Dick Tracy, but that's awesome. We need a black detective. We we have mysteries, too, that need solving. And you know Dick Tracy's racist ass is not going into the black neighborhoods to figure out these capers. Amen. He's scared of black people, but will deal with people with like Guns. hammerheads or whatever the fuck was happening yeah. at Dick Tracy. <laughs> Side eyeing you, but Dick at least Tracy. you know they didn't try to make up for it and put in a black character who's like a villain because it would have been something like can you imagine awful. So thank you, Dick Tracy, yeah, for not doing you. that. Rather enjoy Dick Tracy without the racism. Yeah. Okay, so. There was also Lion Man, the book smart college student turned secret agent. How cool Ooh, is that? That's the role I want to play. Right? And then there was fashion forward Hep Chicks. These characters rounded out a robust book created for the black youth who'd grown up, grown up dreaming of metropol- Metropolis. Ooh. So basically, he was like, I want to provide something for black kids, yeah, right? Yeah. So um, Evans dreamt up his characters long before the market or the industry thought to consider that maybe black kids would want to read stories about people who like them. God forbid. Well, duh. Um, no, black kids don't want to hear about other black people. They want to just see white people. Duh. Mm, stupid. Uh, we don't need inspiration. <laughs> um, so he wasn't able to get financial backing to put his comic book on every newsstand. Mm-hmm. But he was super dedicated and put it out as much as he could, you know. So it did end up having a solid run. So there was that one book. Sadly, it was the only book. Yeah, it was the only book to make print in the spring of 1947. But the cool thing is the impact was like felt. Mm -hmm. So later the same year, this magazine called Parents Magazine published the first and only two issues of Negro Heroes, a fictionally focused comic highlighting contributions made by black Americans. Hmm. So a little bit like what my my grandfather did. Yeah. And also capitalizing off of what Orrin Evans did. But you know what? At least we got it made. Yeah. So another type of magazine called Fawcett started putting out Negro romance. Um, so basically it was like a romantic comic. And what time was time period was this? 19... 19- this is in the 40s, late 40s. Late 40s. So the first one... Came- Do you want to know why there was romantic comics happening around this time? Why? Because after World War II, people didn't want uh, to be, they wanted romantic comics. Romantic comics started becoming a really oh, huge right. hit. Because Captain... They're like, I'm tired yes, of war. because Captain America <laughs> got really popular during uh, World War II. And in fact, there was, there was a picture that was super controversial mm. because mm. America had not entered in the war yet. And uh, Captain America's yeah. creators, like uh, Jack Kirby and, and even Stan Lee, they have Jewish heritage. And they had a picture yeah. of uh, Captain America punching Hitler. And this is before yeah. we had entered into the war. And in fact, their offices were being boycotted by the American Nazis. Let us never forget, there what? were American Nazis in even New York um, around that time period. So... Uh, yeah, they didn't. Apparently, they didn't go away. No, and they're still they here. They went into They hiding. had kids. Yeah, and their kids have tiki torches now. So be aware. Ugh, jeez. So I love that connection mm-hmm. because it takes... Um, a comic to inspire something a- 
action. Sure. It takes a comic I, to inspire action. Well, and that's the thing is that I think we don't really realize how important the comic book industry really has been. And in, in it captures the zeitgeist and tells where we are and is able to push us to where we need to go to. Exactly. So that the last one that was inspired by Oren Evans ties together two notions. So one, black comics had a small renaissance at the end of the 40s and combined with the renaissance of romance comics. Mm. So that's what sprung up the Negro romance comics. Unfortunately, the 50s happened and the 50s were racist. So um, Black folks weren't really feeling in love at that moment, right? that, That got shut down. But then this is just something that probably helped pave the way to get to where we're at with Black Panther. So I wanted to share that with everybody, just a little short and sweet story. Oh and next week I'm going to talk about more Black comic book characters. Well, I love that laying down the foundation because I'm going to go into a little bit of, uh, a little brief history of of the Black Panther, but mainly actually just going into uh, this movie, why it's so important, and who the uh, people are behind uh, putting this massive black character together that comes from the roots of what you were just talking about there. It's literally it. a tree of black comic excellence. Let's let's put down some roots and climb on up. <laughs> Welcome to the world of Wakanda. Welcome to the world of Wakanda, tell me, ladies tell and gentlemen. Me it all. I'm ready to be I, transported. <laughs> yes. I am so excited. I so just to point blank, first of all, everything I'm about to say is, uh, it's a disclaimer, two disclaimers. One, absolutely zero spoilers uh, are going to happen here, because I don't believe in that. Okay, good. Whew, God, God scared. Two, I want to yeah. keep my job at Marvel, and I love y'all, but you know, it ain't worth it. Three, I also hate spoiling things for anybody, and in fact... For those who really know me know me, I will throw you off the scent in a large way. Especially if you like let's say that someone spoiled something for you, I'll be like, No. Yeah. That like, no, not at all. Like if yeah. you're like, Oh, Dorothy gets home at the end of the Wizard of Oz, I'm like, No, are you sure? I don't think she does. Just throw you off. And in fact, like if someone's talking to me about like a show, if they're like, Oh, I think I'm on season four, I will not talk to them talk to them about anything past season one because I want to make sure that I don't spoil anything. Like, I will make sure to dumb down what I know. So it's like to not... Because then it'll turn out that like, oh, no, I'm only on season two. And I'm like, good thing I didn't do it. Um, I know. It's so true. Sometimes you do like to leave some breadcrumbs. There have been times where you've sent me a text message in the morning and I haven't watched How to Get Away with Murder. Mm. And it'll be like you, you're... Your bitmoji just being like, tee hee hee, oh, oh my god. Yeah, I'll just do yeah, that. Be like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so, we have a, a historic movie that is coming out. And I think some people don't understand why this movie is so historic and what this character actually really means. And I know yes. for a fact that every black person who goes to see this movie, you are going to be like, for one, I didn't know I needed this. Two, I didn't know that I mm. wanted this. And three, mm. oh my God, Africa is amazing. Black people, and like you already knew Africa was amazing and black people are amazing, but it's going to show right. things in such a different light. So I'm really excited about this movie. Um, and I want to help get the hype up about why it's so amazing and the people who are behind it. Yeah. Um, it's more than just a superhero film. I was just going to say, but James would have... I'm imaginary somebody else, and I don't like comic books. Here's the thing. Do you like good storytelling? 
because yes. that's what this movie is. I, I will pitch it. It's sort of it's like it's an opera. It's an operatic Ooh, film. Damn. It is a, an operatic film in the sense that it is such about the world of Wakanda. Uh, and, and it's it's James Bond meets Game of Thrones. It's so much larger what? than wow. every. And you see it and you're just like, oh, yeah, African storytelling. And it's like yes. going back to just the roots of we've lost so much of our history. And it's I think mm-hmm. compared to other movies, this one really says something because of course you've got black people in a movie we're gonna say something whereas like a lot of the movies that have been very you know white you it just goes with privilege like you don't have to say as many things you know Mm -hmm. you can have allegories about different you know Mm day-to-day things but you don't so not as heavy so like it feels like the weight of this movie is so much heavier that things that people are fighting for just feels the gravitas of it so also disclaimer everything that i'm saying is not Mm -hmm. a representation of anything that marvel is saying i am a free agent right now so this is pure unadulterated james James opinion yeah all james all (laughs) the time so going back and nekke touched on this black history not black history well this is black history it's all black history black panther history specifically dates back to 1966 uh when stan lee and jack kirby first created the character of black panther and he appeared in fantastic four issue number 52 isn't it Hmm? Wasn't he before the actual Black Panthers too? So that was, or yes. just that was happenstance. He, it was where happen- they just happened. Yeah, it was just sort of happenstance, and so they created it because it was like, ooh, what's that? And you know, he. I think that I don't know. I can't. I don't know this for sure, but I would yeah. imagine he probably heard, like, heard Black Panther in the peripheral somewhere. because uh, uh, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, also yeah, yeah, in yeah. New York, and most of the Black Panther stuff was happening out in California, correct? Out here in the Bay Area, in Oakland. the Bay Area. Yeah. So imagine maybe heard it in the peripheral, and a fever dream it came to him or whatnot. <laughs> I and he changed it to something else. It was like the Black Leopard, and it just didn't have. Or people some, are like, "Boo! Give mm. us some Black Panther." Yeah, and uh, and so you've got like decades and decades of uh, history for this movie. Yeah, and, 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 and so there's such a rich history too. And so this is like the first Black uh, character that was hitting hit, hitting uh, the comic books, and I believe the Falcon mainstream. was the first. Yeah, in mainstream comics, uh, and I think the Falcon was the first African American uh, character, and we've seen him, play, uh, Sam Wilson, in the Captain America mm-hmm. movies, um, right. So what's going on with Black Panther? So it's essentially, it all takes place in the world of Wakanda. And if you're like, mm-hmm. where's that? It is a, it doesn't exist. It only exists in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And Unfortunately. It is a, <laughs> it is a fictional city that yeah. essentially cloaked, the, they have a, they have an endless supply of vibranium and vibranium is a metal that yeah. is only, it's, so it's pretty much only found in Wakanda. And Captain America's. Shield, Shield right. is made out of vibranium and it's pretty much indestructible and it's essentially like it's in everything in Wakanda and is the vibranium source is what allowed them to be this technological advanced nation and they're actually the most technologically yeah. advanced nation in the world except everybody else thinks they're just the typical uh, sheep herders of Africa right they just they have fought yeah. into the stereotype of what they think that people think that Africa is. And so yeah. everyone thinks that Wakanda is just, they're just, you know, sheep herders, just the simple people. I just got to interject right here because this is what makes me super excited because yeah. one, I'm curious to see how they pull that off. Like how mm-hmm. do you disguise the most technology, you know, technological mm-hmm. nation? Mm-hmm. So I'm curious about that. And two, for those of you that aren't black, 
a part of the African diaspora. Mm-hmm. It is bomb to see an African nation, what it would have been like without colonialism. Yeah. If it was left motherfucking alone and not, not fucking ripped away from its own riches Mm -hmm. and made Mm -hmm. to seem like a dark continent. Like that alone is radical and beautiful. Yeah. And you think about that, that metaphor that, you know, Wakanda still has the most vital resource for the world that they haven't taken yet. And that's why like being at that premiere just felt like such like, it was like, this is what it would have been like. It felt like a homecoming that like Wakanda is that, that dream place that we, we would have had. So you've got that happening. And the Black Panther is a, uh, he gets, the Black Panther is passed down uh, Mm. from king to king. So whoever is the king of Wakanda is also the Black Panther. And he gets his power from this heart shaped herb that he consumes. And then he gets all the agility and the strength of the Black Panther. So whoever is the king. That's um, not a spoiler. No, not a spoiler. Ever, okay, it's in, okay, all right. <laughs> it's in the it's in the trailer. Okay. It's in the comics. Okay, it's not a surprise. Was... No. Okay. okay. Uh, so he gets his power from the heart heart shaped herb. That's where he gets his power from. Uh, and then there's five tribes in the world of Wakanda. Um, so this is at least in this Marvel Cinematic Universe version. I think there's seven mm-hmm. in the actual comics, but there's only gonna be five in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, mm. One of the really great things that's also happening with this movie is Grammy Award winner Kendrick Lamar is yes. producing the album. And this is Fuck like a first yes. too, because that's the just thing is that this movie is so much more, so much of a movement that's happening. Yes. You, know? like you watch so this movie and I thought, you know what? The revolution just might be televised. Mm, Gil Scott Harris. just might be televised because you watch this movie and it's going to revolutionize the way that people think about Africa. Yes. The yes. young people who are going to be growing up watching this movie, their minds are going to be liberated in terms yes. of what is going to be possible. And I it's going to make it. people view Africa in a different light and a different, and just, and, and the conversations that are happening in this movie, fucking brilliant. Not so, to mention the things that you're mentioning are things that people don't know about. Like people don't know that in each um, country of Africa, there's several different tribes yes. and they're different people and they have different languages and they yes. have different styles and they're still from the same country. So it's educating people about Africa mm-hmm. without it being a history lesson. Right. Cause even, and that's exactly what's so, so cool about this movie is that like, yeah, you've got Wakanda, but there's, like you said, there's, there's five different tribes. They're not just like, yeah. Oh, we are one people. They, and they they have their way that they maneuver within that. Um, yeah. So Kendrick Lamar's album Black Panther is dropping on February 9th and it's really cool that he's produced this album and it's music that's inspired from the film um, Mm. and created for for the film but it's what's really cool is that it's full circle is because um, when Chadwick Boseman they talked about this on San Diego Comic Con but Chadwick Boseman and director Ryan Coogler were saying that when they were making the movie yeah. Uh, Kendrick Lamar's album Damn was inspiring the movie right then and there so it's so cool and then they got him to do it yeah isn't that dope that new song that he has for the for the movie that's released right now on YouTube. All the stars. Is SZA. Oh, so good. It's so, so good. good. And it's you it's listen to so the good. lyrics, it's so fucking powerful. Definitely listen yeah. to that song. So yeah. we're gonna run through Chadwick Boseman. He plays T'Challa, uh, yes. the Black Panther. Um, and Chadwick Boseman is so dope. He just really transforms when he plays roles. He was in Marshall, he was in he played Thurgood Marshall in yeah, Marshall. He plays 
everybody. <laughs> he's everybody. like, and he has trans- there been a famous person? I'm going to play he that famous person. Transforms. He played James Brown and Get On Up. That was the one that my dad was the most excited that I got to interview. I thought it was going to be Forrest oh, Whitaker. Really? My dad oh. wigged out. He's like, you interviewed uh, that Bozeman guy who did uh, Because he James played Brown. all his heroes. He plays James Brown. He, well, I don't know who your dad's heroes are, but older James Brown. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then he also played What's His Face, the baseball player, 42. Yeah. Um, oh, Jackie yeah. Robinson? Jackie Robinson. Yeah. And then Thurgood Marshall. Yeah. Like, come and on, now Chadwick. T'Challa. It's like any like, iconic black male. We're throwing you in, Chadwick Boseman. Sorry, <laughs> David Olio. But, uh... Oh, they're neck and neck right now. They're neck and neck. <laughs> Who's going to play what? Who's going to play what? <laughs> So we first met Chadwick Boseman as uh, T'Challa in Captain America's Civil War. I'm also giving you a recap of like, if you're like, oh, I haven't seen, what do I need to see before I he go see? He was a see? sexy motherfucker in that movie. That so, was like, even mm-hmm. like me, even me and my husband were like, ooh, he has some swag. Because he would just be like leaning against a car and be like, hey. <laughs> so we first met him uh, in his father, King T'Chaka, was killed in a terrorist attack, which forced him to take over the mantle of King and Black Panther to avenge his father. And so right. what's interesting about Black Panther is he's also, I think that's what makes him so interesting than any other character, is mm-hmm. he's not just a superhero, but he's also a politician and a king. Fascinating. And so he's got these dual like roles there, you know? Trifecta, politician, yeah. king, and superhero. That yeah. takes a lot of, that takes a lot of guts. Right, absolutely. Um, and so then just going down the list, then we've got Lupita Nyong'o, who plays Beautiful. Nakia. She's Amazing actress. She's a beat of a war dog, so she's a spy in the film. Uh, mm. And she uh, uses like mixed martial arts, and in her fight choreography was inspired by just using whatever it is that she can use. Uh, cool. Lupita Nyong'o went to Yale. She yes is Kenyan, Mexican, and speaks foreign languages. And you might remember her that she won an Oscar for 12 Years a Slave. Amazing. I love that you'll see in this film, and it's not a spoiler, but like she's, everybody in the film has their own mission. And so no one's just a side piece. Usually her character would have been just like a love interest. She's like, I got shit to do you know yes get that shit done yeah so that's why like in this film it's got this like it's like james bond meets star wars meets uh game of thrones like what the f- speaking of star wars she was mm. in that too and lupita, lupita nyong'o was in there as well and lupita said that she identified with her character nakia's free spirit but mm. i think it was more like and i not that she's skipping and picking daisies in the field but just like nakia does what she needs to do i like that <laughs> I like that. You can get shit done and also be like, I do what I want to do. Like, you know, free spirit. I want to introduce us to the rest of the royal family. So you've got uh, Queen Mother herself, played by Angela Bassett. Uh, She plays Ramonda. And and what's interesting in the comics... Is it Ramona or Ramonda? Ramonda. Okay. Ramonda. Um, (laughs) It's not Ramonda, but it's Ramonda. Um, And so she plays the queen mother. And what's interesting in the comics, she is not T'Challa's direct mother. She's, uh, she's, uh, she's not T'Challa's mother. She's her stepmother. But in the, but in this film, they're like, we ain't got time for that. There's so, no, no, no. Like that's, that your real mother. Unnecessary. (laughs) We don't need that. So what's funny is that Angela Bassett, uh, was kind of called, she was called queen mother on the set as well. She kind of, she became the queen mother there. And she had a really great bond. Like the, the family dynamic between the royal family between T'Challa and her and, and Letitia Wright, Shuri, it's just magical. And she said that she had such a great time working with Letitia Wright. And yeah. she said, when I interviewed her, she said that she never thought she'd be in a film like this. What? Angela Bassett said that? 
But that just goes to show you that if Angela Bassett is saying that, this is the industry. Because of, of course, why? And, and, and say why? That I would expect her to be the most in no, something like why this. Why would she? Why would she think that she would be part of a, a, a black superhero Hollywood blockbuster? Well, she was in Strange Days. Yeah, back in the 90s and how much has changed. So I, it, for me, it's not that I was surprised that it just sort of resonated of like, yeah, you're yeah. right. I get that. You know, you've been in the industry. You've seen it. And she's surprised. Right. And I think it just, for me, shows the power and importance of this film. Right. Um, she did win an She was an Oscar nominee for What's Love Got to Do With It. It is a crime that she doesn't win. Exactly. And she's currently the executive producer on 911, uh, which is Watch It. A show that we've been pushing off talking because yeah. we keep talking over the time. But we both have watched it. Watch it's, it. Yeah. yeah. And we'll probably push it for time today. So then there's yeah. Letitia Wright, who you all are going to fall in love with Letitia Wright. She plays Shuri. You, she was on one of the episodes of Black Mirror. Um, oh. She was in the last episode of this last season of Black Mirror. I, uh, I forget it. the name of it. Um, mm. She is not your typical princess. She oh, so ha- she is the sister. She is the sister, rounding out the the, the royal family. She is the sister to T'Challa. And uh, her intellect, you're going to love this. Okay. Her intellect rivals that of Tony Stark. She is the head of the oh. Wakandan design group. So she yep, designs so, yeah. all the latest technology that's happening in Wakanda. That's awesome. So she's designing all of that. Uh, and she and she said in her latest interview that she really hopes that like this is gonna inspire. You know, I think it's just gonna like seeing young black women being scientists. That's just so yeah. fucking inspiring. We you know? need more of that. Hello, yeah. especially said, princesses too. Right, and she is like not like what princess is a scientist? Hmm? Like she got a job. This princess <laughs> works. She has her own lab. Don't you fuck it up. And also, uh, she, I do have yeah. to say, why do black princesses always got to work? But I'm into it. She's inspiring. She, it's yeah, good. Yeah, she can just sit around and do nothing. Uh, she was inspired to be an actress by seeing Angela Bassett in the film Aquila and the Bee. Then can you imagine, then she gets to work with her? Yeah, I can't imagine because I was, you know, watching Angela Bassett in What's Love Got to Do With It? And then I got to interview her. So you just never know where life is going to take you. You really, you really don't. Now, no movie would be complete without its antagonist. And you've got Michael P. Jordan, who's playing Eric Killmonger. Yes. I would, he's an antagonist and not a villain because he just has a difference of an opinion than the protagonist. So, well, I think you're... Ooh, complicated. Well, I think that's what this movie does really well is that like you're going to get villains that like or no, you're going to get people who just have strong opinions and opinions clash. And that's where good storytelling comes. So I love that. It's not just like those. You can't even name who the villain was in Iron Man 2, but you will remember. I don't remember. (laughs) No one does. Stop it. You can't pick like the lamest. No one remembers who that villain was. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll remember this one. Uh, Is that it? Michael, Michael B. Jordan, he was in Fruitvale Station and Creed, yes. uh, which both were directed by Ryan Coogler. Um, yes. He said that he was inspired by Heath Ledger's The Joker in terms of like preparing and going deep in for a role. Obviously, Shit. he didn't go in, but just in the terms of like the preparation to go yeah. into this role. And okay. Ryan Coogler said that he really wanted to challenge uh, Michael B. Jordan to play a character that is not necessarily the most easily likable because his Ooh. characters are usually just like, oh, we like him. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's true. 
And I, that's why I kind of like him in this antagonistic role is yeah. because he has built up such a um, actor presence that mm-hmm. you see Michael B. Jordan in a movie and you want to root for him because you're yeah. like, oh, it's my friend Michael B. Jordan. He played Johnny Light Him Up in Fantastic Four. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> and mm-hmm. he plays Apollo Creed's son and he's with, you know, Sylvester Stallone and... But I like switching it up. I like and switching it up. Switch it up. He does. I uh, and he's got all those scars. He talks. He talked about this in the interview too. He said he's got all those scars, and they represent all of his kills that he's had. And what I think oh. about that is so dope is that like he doesn't take death like he doesn't take death lightly. You know. Mm. So just that's the kind of villain you got working there. You've got Andy Circus there, who is playing Ulysses Claw, who was back. He was in Age of Ultron, Avengers: uh-huh. Age of Ultron. Yeah, and he was the one that handed Ultron all the vibranium. So you know that he's uh, got yeah. a connection to vibranium. And you're like, where'd that come from? We're gonna it's find true. out. And Andy Serkis, he's actually playing a role where you can see him. Well, which I is wanted rare. to. Ask, that was the one question I wanted to ask him. Is like, Andy Serkis, you're wearing pants in this film. How does it feel? I know. <laughs> Not a spandy suit. For people who don't know, he is like the motion capture guy. He's the motion capture guy. Lord of the Rings, the big golem. He recently did Snook in uh, Star Wars. uh, He plays the ape. He plays the main ape in Mm -hmm. fucking Planet of the Apes. He's... Yeah, yeah, he's just mo- mocap him up. Uh, yeah. I want to move on to one of the things that like is so uh, amazing about this the movie is that there's so many female characters in this movie and badass female characters, powerful, epic female characters, which is just un- you haven't seen it in any other Marvel film that has happened. Um, right. Just haven't seen it. And so the, we talked about this earlier. You've got the Dora Milaje. They are a powerful group of women who serve as the special forces and act yes. as the personal guard for the Black Panther. And these women are ride or die for their nation. For wow. their nation. And it's a lineage. Like their mothers pass on their lineage uh, to wow. them. So it's what a What if huge... you don't want to, though? Oh, I. And you know what? They didn't really explore that in the plot. There's not. But maybe like save, the side for the story. Save side for the story. sequel. Save I for the sequel. I just want to be a painter. <laughs> save it for the sequel. <laughs> but that's the thing is that in Wakanda, like everybody has this such a pride for their nation. So I don't even mm. think you would you would you would want to. I don't know, but I feel like you watch the movie yeah. and you'll be like, sign me up. Okay. Um, <laughs> And they also uh, deny Guerrero, who plays Okia, Okia, uh, who is she, Michonne, right? Was also Michonne in The Walking Dead, and she said that you know that what's so beautiful is that they move as one. So they oh. move when they in their fights, they move as one. So it's almost dance like. And they also had this sisterhood on set because they all just shave their hair together. Oh, wow. And wow, we talked about this powerful. how powerful that is, especially for Black women, because you know your hair is political. Black women's hair is political, yes, as you've so talked true. about on this show. Yes. Uh, let's talk about Denai for a second. She okay. is also an award-winning playwright. She's just brilliant. I didn't know she was a playwright. Oh, she wrote Eclipsed, which starred uh, Lupita Nyong'o, which was on Broadway oh, and was wow. Tony nominated. She also what? got an Obie Award for her play in The Continuum. Uh, I didn't she also know got the this. Helen Hayes Award. Uh, she's gotten Best New Play. She's just she's an award. She's got six ovation awards. Uh, she wow. Just is, um, she's on yeah. her way to an EGOT. Yeah, she's going to get it. And you know, a fun fact about her, she moved to Zimbabwe at the age of five with her family mm. from Iowa. She was born in Iowa, lived That's here. That's a big difference. Zimbabwe. And, you know, she said specifically early on that she only she wanted to tell African stories. She said this very early it. on. She was point blank about what she wanted to do as an actor and mm. as a mission. And I yes. it's just so brilliant. And here she is telling this, you know, Doing beautiful it. African story. Took a detour with some zombies, but 
But you know, you know I what? said to her, I, I, congr- I, I said, thank you because you're still telling diverse, powerful stories yes. and Michonne being Michonne yes. is impactful. Hell Wielding that fucking yes. sword. It mm-hmm. says so much. It says so much. Um, Florence Kasumba, she's back. You met her already. She was the Dora Milaje in Captain America Civil War. And she had a scene-stealing moment where she said to Black Widow, move or you will be moved. Oh. And so she's back. And she's got a fun... Okay, she I'm is glad German. She's, back. she's German-Ugandan. And she, oh. uh, she, was a, she also was a Dutch-German actress as well. Wow, uh, so many yeah. inter- international, too. Talking that, about the African diaspora. Yes. So I mentioned earlier there are five tribes in Wakanda. And so in yes. this movie, you're going to have five. There's the Merchant Tribe, which is uh, in charge of innovation for Wakanda. There's the Mining Tribe, which is responsible for mining minerals, uh, the mm-hmm. vibranium of Wakanda. And you have the River Tribe, which is in, responsible for fishing and agriculture. And they wear a lot of green Mm. Uh, which is why Nakia, who comes from the River Tribe, she's going to be wearing a lot of green, green there. Okay. okay. And then you've got the Border Tribe, which yeah. is head by Daniel Kaluuya's character, Wakabi. Cool. From Get Out. From Get Out, who, congratulations to him, he just won, uh, not just won, but he just got nominated for his Oscar. Yes. Uh, and so, they, so they're part of the Border Tribe, and they're the people that are the first line of defense. And yes. so they look like sheep herders for the film. So they look like the sheep herders, oh. the first line of defense. But you also don't fuck with them. This feels a little spoilery for me. That's not okay. That's good. That's it's just setting me up. Just setting me up. Literally just. Yeah. Here's the thing. Because yeah. no one knows about, you know, everything about Peter Parker. You know, everything about Superman. True. These are stories True. that like they're in I the know. comics. They're I know. I think in, I'm just there. so excited, you know. Sure. This isn't going to take. I Here's the thing. I knew all of this and none of yeah. this took anything away from me. Okay, and I've cool. like did research on the film for months. And yeah was none of this this is just setting it up for you if okay this, good. this is just setting it up for you you're fine i love it okay yes. good thanks Gina. all right yep i got you bring it back okay. yeah okay. so i and in fact it's probably going to help you because you're not going to have to be piecing things together you can just then move along with where the plot is going because it moves very fast okay uh, cool. So Daniel Kaluuya, he heads the border tribe. Uh, yeah. It's uh, just helping you to understand the world of Wakanda. Uh, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, you've yeah, got yeah. Winston Duke, who plays M'Baku. Winston mm. Duke, uh, and in the comics, M'Baku is called Ape Man, but they're not Which calling him problem. that in this. Thank God. Yeah. Right. I <laughs> and Ugh. he and he uh, went to Yale. Here's the fun story about Winston Duke. He went to Yale. Yeah. Who else Did went to Yale? Lupita. They were there around the same time, and oh. they also went to see the first Avengers film together, and were Cute. wanting to be in a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. And here they are making their debut together. That is adorable. Yeah. So he has the fifth tribe, which is the Jabari tribe, and they mm-hmm. just essentially are an outside tribe who don't want to use vibranium. They live mm-hmm. in the mountains far away, and mm-hmm. they're like they're not part of the mainstream of, of okay, Wakanda. Yeah. yeah. Martin K. Martin Freeman is back as Everett K. Ross. Uh, he plays a CIA person who you've seen him in Captain America: Civil War. His character, his yeah. he's called him in the interviews. He said he's an ambiguous character. Okay. Yeah. Keep that in mind. 
And then you've got Sterling K. Brown, who plays a mysterious role. All the black people, like literally. Yeah. And, uh, he plays a very <laughs> prominent, mysterious us. role. Hold on to your butts for that one. And then Forrest Whitaker plays Zuri, uh, which is the spiritual leader to T'Challa. Um, mm. And he, some people have dubbed him the black Obi-Wan. Mm. Uh, he also produced uh, Fruitvale Station as well. So Ryan Coogler mm. is helping to uh, pull together this, you know, uh, sort of a family affair uh, yes. uh, of people. And just I just want to kick it off real quick to there's so many powerful women behind the scenes yeah. in the film. So yeah. there's uh, Hannah Beachler. Mm. She is the production designer. So Hannah Beachler, she this is her third time working with Ryan Coogler. Third time, wow. Third time. So Freefall Station and Creed. She also did the production design for Moonlight, and she helped birth oh, wow. Lemonade. She was the production designer oh, on Lemonade. Wow. Nice. She's one of the few black female. I think she might be. One, she might be one of the onlys. She's uh, for black female production designers. Mm. Um, she went. She worked on this movie for thirteen months. 13 Dang. months she traveled to africa to gain to get to the research for it and did a beautiful job did a beautiful job and you know ryan coogler was able to pull together this wonderful group of people and what's so interesting is that like you feel the authenticity in this movie i was mm. just thinking how horrific it would have been if a white guy would have done this movie mm. Mm. they got the right people they got the right people yeah and so they built these massive sets so there's this place called warrior falls and mm. they built this actual like it was like 120 feet, 120 by 75 feet in size mm. and 36 feet tall. And I love had, practical stuff like oh, that. Oh, there's so many practical sets. And it was like pumping something like uh, 200 gallons of water through wow. it, like these waterfalls. And Angela Bassett was saying they had drummers on set. And she said, usually, you know, you're on set. It's like, hurry up and wait. But she's like, yeah. there was drums going. There was chanting. There was just this vibrant wow. energy. And that so sounds like she, so much fun. For these black actors to be playing playing this you know movie rich in african culture and that's what's so cool about this movie is because yeah. although it's very futuristic with afro futuristic futuristicness but it's also rooted in mm. african culture i love it that's what Afrofuturism is. Once you see this movie, mm. I hope it spawns a new generation of Afrofuturism. Well, and I even think with like the costuming too. So Ruth E. Carter, she did the costume design and she is a legend in the industry. She mm. has done, uh, she did Selma recently. Wow. She has done over 10 Spike Lee films. Damn. Yeah, she did Crooklyn. She did, and she's oh, also wow. she's uh she got an Oscar nominated for Amistad, Malcolm X. Like she just has been around. Wow. She's Her, in it. She's in it. Yeah, and I, you know, it said, it, and she got to create the signature stamps for these costumes that people are going to be co cosplaying for like decades. You know, like I'm she sure. brought this world to to from the, from the page. You know, they also the production design team also actually went to Africa. Uh, wow. If it, yeah, to do the research on it. Um, it. And I, uh, yeah, so there's this kind of, just amazing costume design there too. Rachel Morrison, uh, yeah. she's the cinematographer. She mm. is the first, she also just got a recent Oscar nomination uh, for, for Mudbound. Oh, nice. That's Mudbound. on Netflix with on Mary J. Blige. Mary J. Blige, who also got, uh, I think, what was it? She got a Golden Globe nomination. Did she get an Oscar nomination? She nom too? got, she's the only woman to get two Oscar nominations for the same 
film. She skated, She had a nomination for the song and a nomination mm-hmm. for her performance. Good for Mary J. I know I've hated on her in the past, but I'm like, you know what? This I am all about black <laughs> Wakanda forever. I am for it. I uh, okay. but Rachel Morrison. I uh, yeah. So she Rachel Morrison is the first woman to be nominated for an Oscar for cinematography. She worked mm. with I. Uh, she worked with Ryan Coogler on Fruitvale Station, but could not work with him on Creed because she was Preggers. Oh, okay. And then you've got uh, Debbie Berman, who is the film editor for the movie as well. She did the film edit- editing for uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, so wow. It was just so great because Ryan Coogler was able to pull together such a, a, a very diverse group of people mm. in front of the camera and behind. And for these people to be working on this size of a movie, the connections that they're going to make, the doors mm-hmm. that they're going to be able to crack down. It's yeah. just such a revolutionary uh, moment in film. I And I got to talk to Joe Robert Cole, who mm. he, was this, he was the screenwriter. And what's cool about him is that he, he got this through the Marvel writing program. So he was through oh. the Marvel writing program and he got tapped to write uh, this wow. through that. So I love it. It just has a sort of grassroots feeling to it. And then, you know, mm-hmm. uh, director Ryan Coogler was saying that it was so important to have people that he already trusted. It was going to be still a large exactly. project. That's so the thing that I was like saying. It feels like, like normally it was something that's like Marvel that's like so connected to a universe. The freedom of it, the fact that he used so many people that he has extended relationships yeah. with really yes. makes it yes. a personal film. Well, and you know what? Here's the thing. White people have been doing this for decades with each other. We mm. just have never gotten these opportunities to be able to pull mm. our own people that we're using and that we want yes. to collaborate with. It's, it, I mean, this is bust. This film is busting down doors, and yes. so I wanted to just take a peek. First of all, I wanted everyone just to to just get a, a, a and believe me, I have spoiled zero for you. Now you just understand what the hell the world is that you're going into. Awesome. Uh, and 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 because again, we no one knows about Black Panther, but you know right. everything about Spider. Man and right. you know, Superman, you know about Krypton, you know about those things, right? You exactly. know what you know what uh, kryptonite is, right? So right. now we understand what the vibranium is and the equalities uh, of that, but also just like what this movie means. And one thing when I interviewed everybody, the one thing that they all had, and I said to Ryan, What did you want to try to get across within this movie and working on this project? He was like, Love. Mm. And I don't, I, I just, to think of a superhero movie and that was the intention behind it. That is so yeah. huge and powerful. And everybody who worked on the project, you get this feeling of love behind it. So there's a big, of course, coming out around Valentine's Day, a big dosage Go of love it. just coming to head your way. And we've got listeners in China. Yeah. Go tell your people to see this tell movie. Tell people is to see it. So yes. important for this movie to do well, especially overseas and especially in China. Uh, there are fears that it won't do well because typically black movies have not done well in China because they're just not yeah. used to seeing these black faces. And it's time to change that. So really. And also, uh, let's stop. Ch- call- I mean, yes, we're celebrating it as a black film. Right. But, but I also want to celebrate it as it's an American film with a large black cast, too. Yeah. And right. It's, yeah. It's set in, black- uh, set in, set in an African nation. Right. Yeah. So it's for everyone. I feel like when people call it, they get the perception of a black film being only for black people. Yeah. No. It's yeah. for us. We're excited. We're yeah. celebrating it. But everybody should be celebrating and seeing this, too. Just like you all think that we all should be watching Woody Allen movies. I'm not going to. But like, you know, like the same thing when like, you know, white folks are like, you haven't seen this movie because they, you know, it's they're like everybody has seen these movies. I mean, we've all seen Captain America. 
Yeah, so here we go. So I am excited for you all to get this experience. I think it's like nothing you've ever seen before. Hold on to your butts. Wakanda forever. Yay. So excited. was an episode Woo. yes you know talking about all this black excellence and comic books i want to yes. side eye a little comic book like movie industry of dc can we talk about the dc <laughs> universe let's talk about the dc universe well you know because i was saying to you you know name like for this film with all these black people in it we had to get right. the best had to get right. the best we couldn't yes. just because you when it, you when you're black you've got to put you the gotta best be out. the best i mean look at fucking the obamas they're like the most picture perfect like amazing family like it makes no sense so, and what i was saying to james in response to that is we got to get to the level where we can be kind of sloppy yeah it's- like <laughs> green lantern and i <laughs> but you know what's really fucked up it just made me think because you can name who can you name from that movie ryan reynolds, ryan reynolds yeah. angela bassett oh and i who think i didn't know was in it blake lively or was something. she in it is that yeah. where they met yes and then had their plantation wedding mm. never forget so never forget that but angela bassett uh plays amanda waller who oh, right. was, was played also- by yes yeah. Yeah, piece it together. Played by who? Played by who? Um, How to Get Away with Murder. Viola Davis. Yes. So why was that not a? Was that that's not a slap in the face? Because you know what they're like. Well, who's the hot older like forty year old woman black woman now? Viola, move over, Angela. I know. That's so weird. Well, it's almost like they're just pretending Green Lantern didn't exist. Sure, sure. And I guess maybe that's why they didn't want to keep that connection, but I just still side-eye you. So whatever. I know. I'm side-eyeing that, too. Even though I do love me some Viola Davis. I do. I do. But Suicide I mean, Squad it, was terrible, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know what's not terrible? Black Panther. Out in theaters, February 16th. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe Angela Bassett was like, nah. <laughs> oh yeah she was like i see this coming you know what i'm glad because if she would have done it then she wouldn't be able to be ramonda which her and those white braids are giving us the storm that we always dreamed of and she yes. looks amazing in it okay, and some of the we costumes go. were also 3d printed by oh, ruthie yeah. carter cool which i don't even understand how that works but these costumes were fucking three some of them were the ones that oh, Angela yeah. bassett wears Oh my god! I mean, three D printing is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And I can now say that I know two prominent Angelas. Who's the other Angela? Bassett and Davis. Davis was my professor. Yes, at UC Santa Cruz. Yeah, I know. Just keep racking them up. Who else? Who's another Angela? That's it. That's all I need. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Well, uh, thanks for listening to this amazing episode. Also, and again, congratulations. I know that you had, we didn't get to really talk about it, but congratulations on your wonderful show, Nice Tan. You guys were at SF Sketch Fest. I heard you all slayed. How was it? Yeah, it was was excellent. Um, Maybe we can talk about it more next episode. Um, Just go check it out. Go to Nice Tan. It's on Vimeo. It's on the front page of Hoo Ha Ha, which is a production company led by Elizabeth Banks. and we'll link it um, in the show notes. Show notes. Yes. So yeah. just check out Nice Tan. There's if you're in San Francisco, there's probably going to be more shows coming. Oh my god, that is so exciting! Do one when I'm there in June for sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you all for listening. Oh, you can follow us on Instagram. You can, no, Twitter. You can't no, do that. follow you on Instagram. 
<laughs> you can follow us on Instagram. Uh, we're also on Facebook. We have the Minority Corner Kids Playground. Yes, uh, join it. Um, we're on Twitter. Minority Corner. Remember, Minority Corner is spelled with a K. Um, buy our shirts. Oh, yeah. We have the uh, Minority Corner shirt uh, store as well. There's that. And that is it for the episode. So thank Yay. you all for listening. Thank you all for listening to Minority Corner. Because together... Oh. We're, We're the, the majority. majority. Bye, guys. Hi there. I'm film critic April Wolf and host of the Maximum Fun podcast, Switchblade Sisters. Do you love genre films? Do you love female filmmakers? Do you love discussions on craft? If your answer is yes, you'll love Switchblade Sisters. Every episode, I invite one female filmmaker on, and we talk in depth about their fave genre film and how it influenced their own work. So we're talking horror, action, sci-fi, fantasy, bizarro, and exploitation cinema. Mothers, lock up your sons, because the Switchblade Sisters are coming for you. Available at MaximumFun.org or wherever you find your podcasts. Hi, everybody. I'm Justin McElroy. And I'm Dr. Sydney McElroy. Every week, we release a medical history podcast called Sawbones. We go over the history of the dumbest, grossest, weirdest stuff humans have been doing to each other since the dawn of mankind. But it's a funny show. But it's also so disgusting and stomach-turning, you won't believe it. But it's also, like, <laughs> funny. It's funny. It is the wildest, grossest, nastiest stuff you can imagine. It's a real hoot. It's called Sawbones, and we release it every week on iTunes, wherever podcasts are sold, and right here on MaximumFun.org. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.